0: I speak to you in the name of the living God, blessed Trinity, and lover of your souls. Amen. You may be seated. You're not hearing me. Have you been listening to a word I've said? If this phrase is familiar to you, you might be a human. In relationship with other humans. <laughs> we all have trouble hearing one another from time to time. I have personally found that arguments are a great time not to hear someone. <laughs> Trust me, sometimes this is for their benefit, but sometimes it is for my own. So if hearing your loved ones is what you've given up this Lent, Research shows that one of the best physiological ways to do so, to make yourself simply unable to listen, is to look at your phone. For real, a report came out a few years ago in the Journal of Neuroscience, revealing that people who are focused on a visual task actually can't hear what's going on around them because hearing and vision tap the same regions of the brain. This is why people reading a book on a bus often don't hear their stop called, or why surgeons need someone to keep track of all those beeps and buzzers of monitoring equipment while they're doing surgery. And I'm pretty sure this is also why when my son wants a snack, especially a sugary snack, he only asks me if I am looking at my phone because he knows he's going to get a mindless uh uh-huh out of me if I'm not staring him straight in the eye. (laughs) Our brains cannot give our attention to one thing and at the same time hear the content of another separate thing. As human beings, we are limited in our capacity to hear one another. We fail at it rather regularly. Sometimes we fail to hear because we are paying attention to something else. But other times, though we hear someone audibly, we don't really understand what they want us to take away from what they're telling us. I think this kind of not hearing may be what's happening in today's gospel. The disciples really aren't hearing what Jesus is saying. Some of this likely has to do with the disciples' attention. They are focused on the first century version of a news app while simultaneously scrolling maps in their minds, engrossed in conversation about safe locations to go with Jesus. They are clear that anywhere near Jerusalem is unsafe. There's so much religious tension there, it's not safe to travel. Jesus was almost killed by a mob the last time they were there. So while their brains are focused on local safety and maps, Jesus starts talking about his friend Lazarus. How he's ill and needs a nap. And Jesus should visit him. At least that's how the disciples hear it. And they respond to Jesus with some confusion. Jesus, why would you risk our lives and your life going within two miles of Jerusalem to visit your friend who has a head cold? I mean, if he needs rest... Don't worry, he'll be okay. But Jesus wasn't really telling them something about Lazarus. He was telling them something about himself. So he tries again. Guys, you're not hearing me? Uh, I walk in daylight, and God is the one who's guiding my steps. That's why we have to go. Then he uses some plain language to assure them Lazarus is not asleep. He is in eternal sleep mode. He is dead. And that's why Jesus needs to go to him. Jesus isn't talking about a visit to a friend. Jesus is trying to tell them that God wants to be glorified through his obedience. Jesus is strategically planning this road trip with God. The disciples still don't understand what he's talking about. But they say they will follow him to Lazarus' house or to their deaths, whichever comes first. Have you ever gone on a road trip with people who aren't good at hearing you? People who don't get you? They play music you don't like. They speak when you need silence. They eat smelly snacks. They have to pee when you just want to get there on time. Drop me off at the next gas station. I will hitchhike, right? Not being heard is frustrating. And more than feeling annoyed, it can also leave us feeling misunderstood, disconnected, and devalued. I imagine traveling to Lazarus' house was not a fun road trip for this crew. I mean, how do you usually handle not being heard? Do you hold in those silent tears? Or do you lash out at those who are not listening? Do you internalize? Do you externalize your pain? Jesus seems to do a bit of both once he and his crew arrive at Lazarus' funeral. So we fast forward in the text and... Jesus has just finished talking with Lazarus' sisters, Mary and Martha. The text tells us that he loves this family. He loves them not just with friendship love, but with agape love. This is God's love for them. And while he's loving them so deeply, his friends accuse him of giving too little too late. They wanted Jesus here before the funeral. Not to help with the setup, but so that there didn't have to be a funeral. See, they believe Jesus is the Messiah. He's proven this by the way that he's able to heal people. So why didn't he come early enough to heal his friend Lazarus? He tells them that they misunderstand him. He's not just a healer. He is literally the resurrection. But just like all his boyfriends back in the other town, his girlfriends here don't understand what he's trying to say about himself either. And when your girls don't get you, you know that you are really starting to feel like an outsider. The gospel tells us that at this point, Jesus is greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. But I don't like this translation. <laughs> I don't think these words do emotional justice to what Jesus is feeling. The Greek word here literally conveys that Jesus was angry. Jesus was angry. He was so angry, in fact, the text says his breathing was agitated. He, it says that he was snorting. That's Jesus at his friend's funeral. This tells me that he was emotionally frustrated, maybe exhausted, even. And I wonder if, in part, it's to being so misunderstood, so disconnected from the people he loved, the ones who claim to love him, but clearly do not understand him. I think he was feeling alone and unheard and devalued, and that his dissatisfaction with the experience could be plainly seen by everyone, no one was hearing him. No matter how he conveyed his relationship to God, no one could figure Jesus out. Modern psychologists tell us that being understood is even more important than being loved. Being understood is more important than being loved. Why? Oh, because if we are loved for someone we are not, then that love really isn't for us, is it? That love is for a fiction, for someone who isn't real. I think Jesus snorted his way to the tomb in anger because he felt hopelessly estranged from the rest of humanity. Because for every human being, even for Jesus, being heard is a prerequisite for belonging. The text says that the funeral crowd starts to follow Jesus, and they're weeping and wailing loudly, but as Jesus walks toward Lazarus's body, the text says he weeps, but in the Greek it says that he sheds silent tears. Silent tears. And as he's crying quietly... The crowd adds injury to insult. Oh, look at his tears. He must have really loved his friend. So why do you think he didn't heal him? The text reiterates, says the word again, Jesus is still angry when he arrives at the tomb. And he speaks loudly in a commanding voice telling them to roll away the stone. Then Martha Contradicts him, saying to him, uh, Jesus, the body stinks, so uh, we really should not roll away that stone. It's been four days. Nitpicking word after nitpicking word, Jesus is taking all these tiny stabs in the back from every direction. So when he turns to Martha, I'm not sure if these words were meant as daggers, or if he was just exhausted. And he said with an exasperated sigh, didn't I already tell you that today you would see the glory of God? Didn't I already tell you? Read between the lines. You didn't hear me. And I'm quite sure Jesus is thinking something like this when he talks with Martha because we've been tracking his emotional state in the text and here's what happens next. The people do roll away the stone and right when we're all wondering, is a grand miracle about to take place? Well, instead, we're given a brief intermission, a pause for our benefit that allows us to glimpse Jesus' soul. Jesus stands before the empty tomb. He looks up to heaven and says aloud to God, Father, thank you for hearing me. Though no one else was hearing me, I knew that you were hearing me the whole time. And I'm saying this aloud so that everyone here will realize I'm not here to attend a funeral. I came because of your divine love for all these people because you sent me to glorify you through this. And yes, he is about to perform a miracle. But I'm not even going to go there yet. Because I think this moment of gratitude to God is actually the point of the story. This moment where Jesus acknowledges that God hears him is the climax of today's gospel narrative. Consider for a moment that the raising of Lazarus from the dead is a byproduct, is a result of the hearing that was just named. If we do that, then we, along with Jesus, recognize that the will of the Son and the Father are one. And anything can happen when Jesus lives out of that truth. Anything can happen, even the dead will live again. We know from modern psychology that when human beings are heard by another... Our identities are confirmed. We know that we exist. We know that we are known. And when we are heard, we experience a sense of belonging, of purpose. We recognize we are a part of something bigger than ourselves. We're accepted for who we are. We are empowered and satisfied in our relationships. We even understand ourselves better because of it. Because someone heard us. Yes, Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. And during Holy Week, we will return to that meaning of the, t- of the text. But today, as Jesus and his disciples are moving toward Jerusalem, there's something else to learn. Miracles happen when we hear each other. Miracles happen when we hear each other. When we take time to listen and to know one another, miracles follow understanding, validation, affirmation, and recognition of the existence of another unique human being. When was the last time someone confirmed for you that you exist and that's okay, that's good? When was the last time someone confirmed for you that you are accepted for who you are? That were you satisfied in that relationship? I bet. And empowered perhaps by it to become a part of something bigger than just yourself. Every human being needs to be heard in order to live this life on earth well. How might today's gospel story have changed if Jesus' disciples and his friends heard what he was trying to tell them about himself? I'll tell you what I think would have changed. I think everyone's suffering would have lessened. I think that's what would have been different less suffering the pain that Jesus felt about not being heard, the worry of the disciples for their safety, the grief of Mary and Martha over the death of their brother, all of it could have been avoided if they had put down their cell phones and heard what Jesus was saying about who he is. So is there someone in your life who has been trying to tell you something about who they are? And you've been looking down at your phone, or you just haven't heard them? Or are you the one standing there in a wailing crowd, shedding silent tears, waiting to be heard? I think we're all in this story somewhere. And hearing is the catalyst for new life in this story. So if you want resurrection in your story, notice and listen for the people in your life begging to be heard. And if you miss it, if you miss it again and you fail to hear as we humans do, remember that our God is the God of Jesus, the God who is always hearing us who sees us, who knows us, and is always standing by to empower our souls toward life. We, like Jesus, just have to pause and recognize that God's listening presence has been with us all along. Thank you, Father, for hearing us.